Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Welcome to New Life. We're glad you're with us. Welcome Modesto and those of you joining us online. We're grateful you're with us tonight. I'm excited to share a message and I'm really excited about next week. Starting next weekend, we're launching a four-week series um, and I think you're going to find it to be very timely and uh, very powerful that will minister to you and to your family. Invite somebody to this uh, it is for someone who is struggling, someone who is disappointed, someone who is, uh, feel, feels lost, and yet someone who feels like they're on the mountaintop all at the same time. So I think you're going to find this to be a powerful season that we're entering into. Tonight, though, I'd like you to open your Bibles, if you have your Bible with you, to First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29, going to be hanging out there for just a little while. I'm going to enlist a couple of people, and I want to invite my friend AJ. You didn't even know, but AJ, would you come up here on the stage with me tonight? AJ uh, has a birthday coming up, I believe, on Tuesday. Is that right? Yes. Let's all welcome AJ. Everybody, come on now. We're glad AJ's with us. And I'm also going to invite Pastor Michael, if you'll join me up here too, please. AJ and Pastor Michael, going to come up here. And I'm going to use these two guys to help me with kind of a visual. AJ, tonight, your name is, is Jimmy. All right? So congratulations. And I'm going to move this table over a little bit. And Michael, if you'll stand on this side, your name tonight is, is James. So we've got James and we've got Jimmy standing here. And uh, because you're the birthday boy, I've got a special treat for you. I have got you some McDonald's golden amazing french fries and I would like Jimmy, Jimmy to enjoy those french fries as I tell a little story. So go ahead and begin eating those, AJ, unless, of course, Jimmy, excuse me, unless, of course, you are allergic, which means that would be a terrible time for an illustration. I'm using these guys to help me because I want to tell you a story, so follow along as I tell the story. One day, James, you can see who that is by the name tag, James wanted to do something very special for his son, Jimmy. He asked his son, is there anything that I can do for you right now? And Jimmy said, I want some McDonald's French fries. To which his dad said, well, if that's what my boy wants, then that's what my boy is going to get. So they got into their blue and white Chevy truck and they headed toward the McDonald's restaurant. And Jimmy's little lips were, he was licking his little lips as they were heading toward the store. His tongue was silently moving as he could taste the fries before they even reached the restaurant. His, his dad made the order, and Jimmy's little heart pounded when his dad said, you know what, make it a supersize French fry. And little Jimmy thought, this is exciting. James takes the money out of his wallet and pays the bill, also buys a drink, and Jimmy's little teeth were ready to sink into those hot and delicious golden French fries before they even hit the table. How many of y'all want French fries from McDonald's about right now? When they sat down, grace consisted of, God bless this food, amen, but it seemed like way too many words for little Jimmy because he couldn't wait to start digging into those delightful French fries that he wanted so desperately. James was happy, so happy to see his little boy enjoying the French fries. In fact, he was so happy, he reached over to see if he could take a couple of his fries. And to his surprise, Jimmy slapped his hand. <laughs> These guys are like gifted actors. 
and Jimmy began to pull the fries toward himself and he built a little fort around it with his arms trying to protect his french fries and he says to his dad, no, these are mine. And his dad was in a state of shock for a moment. He couldn't believe what had just happened. James, the dad, pulled back his hand and began to reflect about his son's attitude toward the french fries. So before these guys leave, let's walk, walk out what is going on in the mind of James. What was he thinking? Number one, he's thinking, well, my son failed to realize that I am the source of his french fries. At the counter, I was the one who gave the cashier the money. I didn't give him a small fry like he thought he was going to get. I got him a supersized fry that was twice as big as what he expected. Yet here he is saying that these are his french fries. Not only was James the source of his french fry, but he got to thinking, he's like, now my son has forgotten that I am much bigger than he is. And I have the power to take his fries despite his little arms surrounding them like a fort. He has convinced himself that this little force field that he's built is adequate to keep me from taking what I want and what rightfully belongs to me. And thirdly, James thought about, he said, my son's forgotten that I don't need his fries because I could go back to the counter and I could buy as many fries as I want. He doesn't have any money. He's just a little boy, but I can afford to buy as many fries. I can buy so many fries, he couldn't possibly eat all those fries. And as his dad thought about it, one or two French fries really wasn't that big of a deal. It wouldn't have made much of a difference to his son that day. What he really wanted was for little Jimmy to invite him into his wonderful little world that he made possible for his son. He wanted his son to be willing to share the very blessing that he had provided. Can you give it up for these guys as they're having a seat? You can take the fries with you, man. I'm telling you, you can eat them during church if you want to. That's just fine. But leave your name tags. Now, what'd you just take the fries for? What'd you just blew the whole illustration, Mike? I'm just kidding, Mike. Oh, you can take it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many of you know that God takes us to McDonald's on a regular basis? God blesses us and he blesses us and he blesses us. And he has given to us so many French fries. Some of us have small bags of fries. Some of us have medium bags of fries. Some people have large bags of fries. Some have supersized. Some have narrow and uh, light French fries like you just saw from McDonald's that are just so savory and so delicious. And others might have curly fries like a Carl's Jr. or Jack in the Box. Some people have the, 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 the fries that are made in front of you like an In-N-Out. I'm a fast food guy. You know what I'm talking about, Yes. We know our fries in America, but all I know is God has given to us all some French fries, has he not? And like the dad, James, God desires to sit down at the table with us for some connection, for some fellowship. And when God reaches over to take some of the blessings that he has given to us, far too often you and I say, no, 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 no. These are my French fries, go get your own. And we, in our feeble little way, attempt to build our own little fort around the blessings that God has given us. Is there anybody 
in any of the New Life houses today that understands that God is the source of all we receive. God has the ability to take everything that we think is ours away. God has the ability also to give us far more than we have. And God does not need our French fries. And it's an honor and it is a privilege to share our French fries with Almighty God. God doesn't ask us to give because God's hurting. He doesn't ask us to give because he's in desperate need. God asks us to give because he wants us to be like him. The very first verse that most people learn when they become a Christ follower is John 3, 16. And the first few words of that verse is God so loved the world that he gave. And throughout the Bible, you'll see that God is always a giving God. He's very interested in our response to his blessings though. He sends, he sends our way all kinds of blessings and he's interested with what we choose to do with them. And so we're gonna look tonight at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And in the first, the first verses of this chapter, I want you to know the context is the Israelites had just taken up this gigantic offering. I mean, the church had taken up a big offering. Why? For a new building project that they were in the middle of. They were, they were gonna build the first temple for God. The people had gone nuts in their giving. And they were celebrating because the leaders were pledging their gold and their silver and their jewelry and everything they had of value. And so I want us to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and we're going to look at the verses 10 through 17. And we're going to see that God is the source of every blessing that we have. Verse number 10, reading from the NIV, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. I know my God that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. David, the writer of this particular passage, understood that everything, absolutely everything, comes from God. 
In verse 12, he says, in your hands are the strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. David understood that God was in control and he could give us some French fries and he can take away our French fries. In verse 14, he says, everything from you, everything comes from you and we have given only what comes from your hand. It's interesting. It's, it's saying, God, you've given us everything that we have and we're just turning around and given some of it back to you. David's saying, you're the total source of everything we have. All this wealth that we have for building the temple, you put it in our hands, and we in turn are putting it back in your hands. Guys, it's called the circle of, of giving. So Troy, are you saying that God is the source of everything? Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Whether you worked for it, whether you won it, whether you found it or you received it as a gift, God is still the ultimate source. The Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and the world in which we live. Everything that we think that we own belongs to God. Your car, your house, your iPad, your, your clothes, your jewelry, your food, it all belongs to God. You might think you earned it, you might think you worked hard for it or you traded for it, but you couldn't have done that Amen. without the strength and the breath that Almighty God has provided to your being. Amen. Your health and your ability to get anything is a gift from God. Amen. You, your family, your spouse, your loved ones, they're all gifts from God. There's nothing that we have that God ultimately has not provided Amen. for us. And we are growing. How many of y'all want to grow in Christ? We're growing in Christ when we realize that God gives to us and he delights in us giving to others and he delights in us giving back to him. Doesn't it amaze you that we would even consider acting like Jimmy with the French fries when it comes to God? God gives us all these fries and we sit around and all too often we're like, no, no, no. These are mine. And I think it hurts God as God the Father, as a parent. I think it hurts God that we have such a limited understanding that everything that we have is God's and still it belongs to God. If you think that something belongs to you, then die and see if somebody isn't going to take your stuff. It's, it's all going to be gone. The Bible makes it clear. God asks us to bring in a tithe and see if he won't bless us when we do that. Amen. A tithe is nothing more than a penny out of a dime or a dime out of a dollar. It is 10%. If, if God sat down with you at a table and gave you 10 dimes, you wouldn't hesitate to give him back one of those dimes. Yet, statistics tell us that 90% of all people who say they love God We'll say, no, God, this is mine. We get upset about paying God 10% when God really is entitled to the entire 100%. The moment God puts money in our hands, we declare this is mine. Up goes our fortress. These are our fries. We have no idea that we are blessed and how blessed we are. But yet God hasn't given up on us. Um, and this is the wonderful thing about God. Pastor Tasha uh, alluded to this at the beginning of the gathering. We say, I'm not letting you have my fries. And 
God recognizes that that is more often than not our fear speaking, not our stubbornness. You know what gratitude is? Gratitude is having an understanding and an appreciation for the blessings that we have in life. And some of us show our gratitude to God, but some people don't show their gratitude to God. And here's the problem. People want to share their fries. I really do believe they do. But they're afraid if they share their fries with God that they won't have enough fries for themselves. That's fear. God did not give to us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so let's address this. There are really three things we need to know when we're afraid to believe that God is going to meet all of our needs if we are obedient to him. So I'm addressing the elephant in the room. It's the fear issue. Don't say you can't. Just be honest. I'm afraid. So let's deal with the fear. Number one, the first thing you should need to know about God when you're afraid to believe that he'll meet your needs financially if you begin to tithe. Number one, God's power. What do I mean by when I say God's power? It's God's ability to give. Let me say it again. God's ability to give. Does God have the power? Does he have the ability to give us what we need if we give to the work of God in this life? Yes, he does. It's gonna boil down to whether we believe Jesus. And here's what blows me away. We can believe that Jesus died on the cross to save us from a devil's hell for all of eternity. We can put our, our eternal security in his hands, believing and trusting in what he did. But we have a really hard time believing that he'll come through for us as he promised he would with the temporal things of this world Amen. with just our wallet. Doesn't that blow you away? It, 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 we put our, our trust in, in when we die, we're gonna spend eternity in heaven with him rather than in pain and agony in the depths of hell. The same Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth and the life also says anyone who gives up anything or any relationship for the gospel's sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. The same Jesus took five loaves of bread and a couple of fish and he, and he, and he fed 5,000 plus people. If Jesus can do that with a little boy's lunch, can't he do just 1% of that for you? I mean, if you give your lunch, can he not give you back one, 50 lunches back? Lord, if after I pay for cable and four coffees a day and designer clothing and a car I can't afford and Christmas shopping for people I don't like, if there's anything left, then I'll show you my love. But right now, don't reach over here and take 10% of my French fries because, because they're my fries. This will help you. God's power, God's ability. He has the ability to give. Number two, God's provision. God's power is his ability to give, but his provision is his, his willingness, his willingness to give. God is willing to give to you today. In fact, God is so willing to give that the Bible tells us he causes blessings to flow on those who serve him as well as those who don't serve him. He's so willing to give. Now, 
And nobody here, nobody here would send your child to go buy a gallon of milk at the store. It costs $2.99, $5.99 to get a gallon of milk, right? And would send your child with 50 cents in their pocket. You wouldn't do that because you would know they wouldn't have enough to get what you asked them to get. There are always people that are saying, God, if, you will, if, you, if, you, if I could just win the scratchers, if I could just win the lottery, if I, I, hey, if I win a million, I'll, I won't give you 10, I'll give you 50%, I'll give you $500,000. God, that's what I will do. We, we just lie. That's what we do. We just begin to lie. Tithing is never an issue of amount, but rather of attitude. God says, why don't you just keep the $500,000 that you're not going to win anyway? And I'm more interested in the $450 check you get each week. I'd rather have the $45, which tells me, go ahead and eat some of your fries. Hmm. God's ability, God's willingness, and then God's partnership is number three. God wants to work. Listen, he wants to work in partnership with us in reaching people. God could have sent an angel to preach the gospel here in Lathrop and in, in Modesto and in Manteca and in Decula. He, he could have done that. And the Spanish and online, he could have done that. But instead, he established New Life Church. At the very core of our vision of the New Life Church, family of churches, the network, is the partnership that we have entered into with God to put other people's needs above our own desires. We want to impact people's lives for Jesus Christ. And our purpose is to bring people into right relationship with God. And when people enter into a right relationship with God, then we are equipped to deal better with each other. God has you here today to make your life count to make your life count, to give you an opportunity to count for him. The growth of our church is going to bring new life to the lives of so many people as we lead people into a relationship with Jesus. God needs people who are willing to reach out and to help others as we realize that we have been helped by God. And we really need you to make a difference in partnership with us. There is a tremendous future ahead for this outpost of the kingdom of God called the New Life Church Network. What role is God going to have you fulfill to equip and enable you to be the giver of new life? I, I want you to think about the lives that have been touched just in the last dozen years. Some of you weren't in church a few years ago, but you become active and you know that God is making a difference in your life. Some of you were almost destroyed by the presence of drugs or immorality, but now you're clean and you feel good about what God is doing in your life. Some of you were lost beyond a shadow of a doubt. You knew that if you were to die, you wouldn't go to heaven. But today, you know, if you were to die, you would be with Jesus Christ this very moment. All of this was possible because of a partnership that we entered into with Almighty God. 
God is willing to give us his one and only son, Jesus, to make it possible for us to know him. And now we need to give back just some of our French fries to God so that we can keep this ministry and this vision alive. Somebody who's still on drugs needs our help. Somebody whose home is falling apart needs our help. Somebody who doesn't know God needs our help. Somebody who's just about ready to give up on hope needs our help. Can God trust you? Can he trust you to turn over 10% of your fries so that we can continue the work of God? And some people are just stubborn. Stop it. Stop being stubborn because you're, you're hiding behind stubbornness. And the truth is you're just afraid. Just call it out. I've been afraid, God. In only 12 years, I'm blown away by this. In only 12 years, we have seven campuses, Lathrop, Modesto, Manteca, Spanish campus, Decula, the Georgia campus, our online campus. And I'm excited to say that beginning the first week of October, our South Stockton campus relaunches once again. Isn't that exciting? Under the leadership of Pastor Selena, it's gonna be exciting to see what God does in the projects in South Stockton. Can we depend upon you to turn over your fries to make it possible to sustain these ministries. We can see miracles, we can see deliverances, healings, all of those things can happen. The only time, the only time that God says, it's okay to test me, is in this one area, the area of giving back to him. God is not asking you to become poor. God is not saying, um, we're not gonna have anything left if we give to his work. God himself is telling us in Malachi chapter three, I just wanna to read to you just three verses. Verse number 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The new life is your storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Somebody say amen. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 16, just verse number two. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. It's important that we consider God's word. It's, it's, it's saying that we can all afford to tithe. It, it doesn't say that we can all afford to tithe and hold on to everything that we got. That's not what it says. Some of us have been spending God's money for a long time. It's time to get our finances in order. This takes discipline. Maybe we can't keep buying three coffees a day. Maybe we need less expensive car not to eat out quite so much. And I'm not your judge. What I've discovered in my life is when we take the step of faith and we're faithful to giving unto God, 
we've not really seen much of a lifestyle change. It's just God multiplies it. Tithing is simply a matter of choosing what we need to do in our right relationship with God. We serve a giving God. The more we serve him, the more giving we should become. Will you break down the wall around your fries? Will you break down the wall around your fries and say, God, your plan, your purposes for my life and the lives around me are far greater than what I could do with these fries. Take them. Do as you please. God is challenging our church family. We're on the cusp of a great revival. God is challenging our church family to give him back some fries so that we might enter into a deeper relationship with him. There was a knock on the door of a hut that was occupied by a missionary in Africa. Answering, the missionary found one of the native boys holding a giant fish in his hands. And the boy says, Reverend, you taught us about tithing. So here, I brought you my tithe. And he hands the fish to the missionary. The missionary gratefully took the fish, but he questioned the young lad. If this is your tithe, where are the other nine fish? At this, the boy beamed and said, oh, they're still back in the river. I'm going to go catch them right now. That's the kind of faith that I want New Life Church to possess. In fact, I'm so passionate about this. They say the hardest thing things to commit to God come down to two C words. Your checkbook, which nobody uses anymore, and your calendar, which really both of those are found, I suppose, in your iPhone now, right? Because you can just do everything with both, right? But go with the illustration. God wants your time, but he also wants what's most precious to you. That really ends up being the idol that we have in our lives of buying power of money. And it's not that he needs it. He just wants you to know that it's not yours. And so at, at New Life, at all of our campuses, for 12 years we've done this and we'll continue to do this as long as I get the privilege of being your pastor. Um, we're doing a 90-day challenge. And the 90 days starts right now, today. And here's my pledge to you. This is broadcast out online. The days of a pastor saying something and people forgetting about it is over. Because once it goes out, it's out forever. It's on demand. And I make this commitment permanently as the lead pastor and founder of our New Life Church family. And I'm looking straight into the camera. So if you're operating the camera, I want you to just look straight at me. I'm telling you that if you will begin to tithe and follow God's precepts according to his word, 10% of your income, 10% of your income, 10% of your French fries, if you'll give them to God on the first day of each week after you get paid, the first fruits, cheerfully, you'll give it to God, trusting that God is not a liar. And if after doing that for 90 days, for three months, you do not experience the blessings of God in your life, he says, test me in this. You're doing what his word says. If you do not experience it, we will refund 100% of your tithe 
and we'll give you 10% interest on that 90-day note. You can't get that at the bank. You can't get that on, your, on, on a CD. You can get that at New Life, but ain't nobody ever cashed in on it because you'd be the first one in all of human history to prove our God to be a liar. And he will not lie to you. We just read it. He will bless you. He will make things last longer than they should. He'll make the tires on your car go a few more miles than they should have gone. He'll make sure that your health stays strong. God will take care of you. And in night, it's why you say in 90 days short, because you can't recognize the blessings after a week or two. You kind of need to get that three months in there so you just are able to have some history and look back and say, but my God has been faithful. I have not lacked anything. I've not missed a single meal. I still find myself to be pretty full. If you accept this challenge, and I'm not asking you to accept it because I'm, I'm pressuring you, but it, maybe you are, listen, a tithing message to people who are tithing is phenomenal. It's a reminder that they're being faithful unto God. To people who are not, can really irritate people. I don't wanna irritate anybody. I just wanna challenge you. What do you have to lose? You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. At least 10% to gain, right? You got everything to gain. So here's what I want you to do. Whether you're online, you can do this and you can write in the comment section or you can private message us. Or if you're in Modesto, you're gonna, you got your connect card right there, right here in Lathrop, you got your connect card. I want you to take a connect card and I want you to write on it, 90 day challenge accepted. That's all. Name, phone number, 90-day challenge accepted. Now, I don't, I don't care about your phone number. I'm not going to call you anyway. But this will become mine. Now, you're, Troy, you're not supposed to know. I, listen, I don't really care who's tithing. I, don't really, I know that the Lord is going to provide. What I care about is you. You. So I will take these cards, and for 90 days, every day, for 90 days, every name on a card, I will pray for it. I will ask that the Lord will strengthen you and bless you, that you will be faithful unto your promise, that you'll recognize the blessings of God, that he will come through for you even when you think there's no way because I know that he will. 90-day challenge accepted. Look around right now. Take out a connect card. Ever, come on now, do it here. I'll wait for you. There's a connect card underneath your little booty there on the thing. You have to, you have to bend over and get one. Or I want you to write down 90-day challenge accepted. Even if you already consistently tithe, I want you to do it because I want to pray for you. You're taking the challenge. You're saying, God, I am, I am all in. I'm all in obedience. If I trust you for my salvation, then I can trust you with my finances. If I trust you with my future, if I trust you with my family, if I trust you with my for strength and for health, then God, I can trust you with my checkbook. I can do that. So you're simply going to write 90-day challenge accepted and then put your name on here. Now, we're going to consider this to be our notification of your 90-day challenge that's accepted. In other words, if you begin to tithe for 90 days from this, this card on and you come to me and say, yeah, it didn't work. Okay, refund coming. We'll, we'll issue it to you. I, don't, I know that's not gonna happen because you can't prove God to be a liar, but you wanna try him. He's like, test me in this. See if I won't be faithful unto you. Whose fries are these? They all belong to God. Mighty God, thank you that we can take your word to heart, that God, you give us an opportunity to actually test you 
There's no other time in any, any part of Scripture that we're allowed to test you. It says, test not the Lord thy God. But in this area, you give us full permission. Because you must have known, of course you did, how difficult it would be, how fearful we would feel, how afraid and sometimes petrified. I have so little, God. How can 10% less actually sustain me? <clears throat> I'm not even making it on what I got. Maybe it's because God wants you to recognize that we are bankrupt without him anyway. We need him. Oh, we need him. Every hour, we need him. Lord, help us to be courageous, faithful, to stick to our word. And whether we make a small amount or a large amount, it's not the amount, it's the attitude that counts. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm just speaking to somebody here today who says, you know, but I'm on a fixed income. God surely understands that. He does. Maybe your income is fixed right now, but he wants you to trust him with what he's provided for you. We're not after your money, but I can tell you what, your church will help you if you need help, but you need to be faithful to God. Maybe, maybe you're like, but I, 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 that's too much. I couldn't possibly give that much because 10% is a significant amount because you have a significant amount. God wants you to share your fries. You just happen to be one of those people that have a supersized fries. He still wants you to share your fries. And if everybody will share their fries, nobody will go without fries. Can you imagine how many more people we can help? Today, we were able to, uh, at our Modesto Dream Center, um, we were able to, the report came in, we were able to give out, served 145 cars, 163 boxes of food, 150 pounds of hamburger meat were given out. Friday, I mean, I was there this last Wednesday. Friday, the Compassion Store was so busy, it was almost like Walmart. People coming in there and getting so many clothes and giving away so many good things. Praise the Lord. Last week, the Lathrop Campus gave out uh, 30 plus boxes of food to 30 people and families that needed food. We're going to continue doing all we can, anything short of sin, to reach people who don't know Jesus. South Stockton campus that's uh, relaunching, it's going to take some resources. It costs us money. We're going by faith that God is going to encourage you to give some of your fries so that we can serve the 25 or 30 kids that are going to be a part of this, this, um, this uh, party with Pastor Selena every Wednesday that's going to meet in the community center. And it's going to be incredibly crazy, wonderful, and very biblically, biblically centered. So much is happening, guys. I could spend all evening telling you about the plans, the progress, the hope and the future that we have as a church family. But it can only be done if everybody shares their fries. Hey, uh, Modesto Church, thanks so much for being with us tonight. You're going to be dismissed. Speaking of fries, you guys get to be uh, go to your fellowship time with uh, chili dogs and chili nachos. And so God bless you and your indigestion. We really appreciate it. We love you. We love you. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church, as you share your fries. Amen and amen.